Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Chris Collins, the founder of his eponymous brand, based in New York City. You may recognize Chris from his 25-year career as a model, where he appeared in over 60 campaigns for Ralph Lauren and became an iconic face for the luxury brand. It was on a spontaneous trip to Grasse, the French Riviera town known as the perfume capital of the world, that Chris struck a deal with a scent manufacturer to start his own line. Not long after, Chris Collins became the first black-owned fragrance line to be sold at Bergdorf Goodman, Nordstrom, and Sephora. In this episode, Chris sits down with Brittany Jackson Mosley, who runs integrated marketing at Scentbird. He tells the story of the cultural exchange between New York and Paris, takes us back to the artistry of the 1920s Harlem Renaissance, and reflects on what it means to live a bold, free life. Dare to explore taboos with Chris Collins on Scent World. Let's go quickly through your modeling career. How did mm -hmm. you become a model? Because I know that's a foundational moment. Yeah. That moment you became a model kind of changed trajectories yes. from perhaps being pre-med and being a doctor or a psychologist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us about uh, that catalyst for for change for you when um, you entered the, the world of modeling and the world of fashion. Well, I mean, I was always kind of open to... Um, like directions changing. Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, I was focused on, you know, I whatever I did, I did it properly. Right. right. But I was always open to like what the possibilities were with other things. So it's, you know, I don't believe in chance. I think everything happens for a reason. You know, there's mm -hmm. some sort of divine intervention that happens through all our lives. Yes. And I just, when I was a senior in college, I just, I was in the right place at the right time. And I met this agent and he said, well, have you ever thought about modeling? You know, and back then, you know, I was younger and more handsome. So I was like, yeah, you know, still handsome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was still handsome. Searching for Sorry to my husband. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, no, I never really thought about modeling because, you know, again, I got to be a doctor because smart right. people have to do. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a year off before I go on to, you know, either graduate school because I was considering physical therapy and, and the, or medical school, sports medicine. I said, let me take a year off and, um, and see what happens. And that year turned into 25 years. What? And um, an incredible career working with Ralph Lauren and, you know, you want to make 
God laugh, tell them your plans and there will be something <laughs> else that's going to come up and happen. And, you know, I learned a lot from being in the business and it helped me, you know, with my brand as well. So absolutely. It was all so worth it. Let me give you your flowers right quick. You had a modeling career that lasted over 25 years, which is an amazing feat. Um, you worked full time with Ralph Lauren and you appeared in over 60 campaigns. And you became an iconic face. I'm not going to lie. I did recognize you. Oh. I was like, when I saw you, I was like, I've seen this face before. Mm -hmm. um, and you just became a really big iconic face for the brand. Right. And I'm sure, as you mentioned before, there's a lot that you've learned throughout yeah. those experiences. Um, and you've, you've definitely uh, segued into a kind of different realm. Mm -hmm. But if there's one thing you learned from those 25 years and 60 campaigns, mm. What is something that you've taken with you oh. to this day? Is there anything that you've carried Any, through? I mean, so many things, but, you know, the, the, the concept of like Ralph Lauren mm -hmm. um, was genius because here's this guy from the Bronx who had this idea, mm -hmm. like to create this brand. And it was kind of like this exclusive um, yet attainable right. kind of world. And his bestseller was, you know, a polo shirt with a polo player right on, 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 on your chest, on your heart. Iconic. Iconic. And the genius of that was, if I wear that shirt, mm -hmm. then I'm part of this fraternity yes. of luxury. Absolutely. And that was his genius. It was like, okay, I don't sell shirts. I, like, I don't sell perfume. Mm -hmm. I sell this idea of luxury and, yeah. you know, of wealth and, you know, confidence, opulence. It's like you get a piece of it. And I think you've said this many times before. Like right. Fragrance and, you know, fashion to the, your point about Ralph Lauren is right. it gives you this little piece of luxury That's right. and it allows you to live an experience in this world that might not be hyper present in your life, but it gives you the feeling. But it gives life. you the feeling. So that's, if there was only one thing that I took from that experience and that was the most important, mm -hmm. I need to create fragrances that make people feel. Yeah worthy, confident, luxurious. Um, yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. And scent, I feel like, is one of the few categories or things, for lack of a better word, that can actually give that to you really easily. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's attainable. Accessible it's accessible. Attainable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's you might, be, might not be able to have the, the Dior fragrance or the Dior ball gown that no. was worn at the Met Gala. Right. But you could get that fragrance. And I got news for you. People may not even remember that you wore the gown. That's true. But if you walk past them and they smelled you, they're going to say, who is that? Exactly. It's a head turner. Yeah. It's an <laughs> attention grabber for sure. Absolutely. But, you know, you wear fragrance for you first so you can enjoy it. I know that you grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, mm -hmm. and you say that early on fragrance became a big part of your life. Could you take us to your first scent moments? Well, I mean, I think I was about five or six years old when my dad indirectly introduced me into what my love affair would become of, and that's, you know, fragrance. He 
wore all like the old school 70s fragrances like gray flannel which in particular that one was the one that like grabbed me and then you know he had like the english leathers and he had like all the old school ones um but you know it was kind of that feeling of like familiarity Mm -hmm. you know i knew he was home you know when i smelled him when he came home um and you know my dad was like you know into his grooming before i knew what grooming was i mean i was you know (laughs) you know like i would i was my job was to put lotion on his back when he finished taking a shower and i remember my hands were like this big and (laughs) his back was like this big and it just felt like i was doing it for like an hour (laughs) and then he would go through his routine and put on his fragrance and all that so um those are my first scent memories and um they actually you know I carried them all the way through because then as I got older, you know, I started to kind of um, create my own kind of stance and what I liked and what I wore, but always kind of going back to, you know, the first time. What you learned. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard you were known as the guy that smells good. Yes. And you wore Calvin Klein Obsession. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, that was a, so when I was 12, I got my first, no, excuse me, 14, I got my first job. And um, the first thing I went to go buy was, you know, I went to Macy's, right? And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, I can't afford the shoes. I can't afford all these clothes. But let me go and see, like, what the cologne or the fragrance. So I thought it was cologne back then, but what all the fragrances smell like. And then I came across Obsession for Men. And I was like, I didn't know the difference between top, middle, base notes and all that <laughs> stuff. I just knew that it smelled really good. And then when I wore it, you know, I felt confident, you know, I felt, you know, I felt like, you know, I was, I felt older, I felt mature, I felt intelligent. Um, And then, you know, I used to always get responses from people, oh, you smell so good. And I'm like, man, you know. And so that became my thing, the guy who smelled good, because, you know, no one kind of remembers what you wore, but they always remember how you smell. Exactly. It's an imprint on your memory. Yes. Um, I love that. So early on, you were obsessed with obsession. Yes. What about the obsession fragrance? I know you said it just made you feel confident and that, um, you know, you just dug it. Yeah. And you liked the getting the compliments. Mm-hmm. But did you were you able to identify what about obsession you liked? I don't know. It was something about how smooth and musky the fragrance was. Um, I know now why I did, but back <laughs> then I had no clue, right? And then I started kind of diving deeper into like the whole world and I was wearing like, you know, um the Tommy Hilfigers and the Ralph Lauren's and the Fahrenheit's and all that right. kind of stuff, the Dior's. Um, so that was my introduction. And then I kind of fell off this cliff of like, you know, and back then when you were a collector, you had like, you know, a few. Mm-hmm. You know, now the collectors, they have like, it's a whole different ball game. But um, I had so many and that was my, um, that was my thing. In college, you know, everywhere I went, it was like, oh, go smell them. It smells so good. <laughs> so I try to explain that to people. It was literally and figuratively an obsession from the With beginning. Obsession. Yes. I love that. What do you think is a better compliment? You smell good or you look good? Oh, hands down, you smell good. Right? Hands down. Right? It's not even close for me um, because my style, is, my style is pretty simple, you know? I mean, I don't. 
I, I don't like to kind of think about it. I mean, shout out to, you know, the guys and girls who like really put their effort into fashion. Yes. But my effort is into like feeling good. Mm-hmm. And what makes me feel good is fragrance. I and love it's that. always been like that. I love that. Because what is fragrance? You know, fragrance, you know, on this basic level is, you know, these notes that come together to make something that smells really good and mm-hmm. You know, it's that on its, you know. At its base level. On its base level. But what is it really, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I tell people, I don't make fragrance. I make confidence. I make romance. I make love. Yeah. Because these things, like, they give you that feeling, you know? A vibe. You create vibe. Right. And I go back to that feeling that I had when I didn't have a whole lot of money to buy, you know, clothes and all that stuff. That's how I want people to feel. Mm. Um, And I also want people to, you know, be free to be who they are, you know? For a long time, going back to me, you you know, trying to hide that I was smart. For a long time, I used to kind of show or be who I thought other people thought I should be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the freest I've ever felt was to, like, say, I don't care. I'm just going to do and be myself. I'm going to, you know, show whatever side of me that I kind of put away right. that I was afraid for people to see. And then I said, okay, no, this is me. This is it. Well, what are some ways that you were able to feel that freedom for yourself how did you get to the point where you felt like you didn't have to hide who you were and what were some of those things you did to um express yourself well i got to a point where i said to myself it doesn't matter if i show you who i want who you want me to be or who i am Mm -hmm. it's never going to make you happy it's never going to make everyone happy right so the thing that you have to the most important thing is to make sure that you're happy, right? Yes. So if you're happy, mm-hmm. then that's the only way you're going to make everyone else. And listen, still people may not even, still may not come around, right? That's true. Um, but I just felt like, you know, being myself was honest. Mm-hmm. It's less stressful, right? Ain't that the truth. Um, and, you know, it's a long journey to get there. I mean, it, it, you know... You're still working through it, right? You know, and I I kind of have like, you know, this kind of mysterious dark side, mm-hmm. you know, to me. You have to explore that, actually. Happy, happy to. But for a long time, I tried to hide it. You know, it was like, you know, just be, you know, just be what society or what people want you to be. Don't show them that. Like yeah. go with the status quo. I think you're doing everything right. I mean, and you're also able to take something you're passionate about. Um, and share that passion with other people. It's wonderful. So let's actually start talking about how you went from modeling to starting your own brand. So it's Mm. my understanding that you found yourself in France. I'm sure Mm. you bought a plane ticket and you you got there with purpose, I'm sure. But you were in France and you were going to different fashion, or sorry, Mm -hmm. you were going to different fragrance houses and just trying to find someone to work with you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Could you take me back to that moment? So I had a mentor. I moved to London for a little bit, needed a little break from New York, and I had a mentor, and she was amazing. And one day we were talking, and she said, well, if there's anything else that you would want to do, what would that be? Hmm. 
And I said, you know, I would love to, to create my own fragrance for me. Right. Right. So she says, okay, well, let's see what that looks like. Let me put that down and see, you know, and okay, how do we do that? So I'm in France. I'm in Cannes. Um, and I reach out to her and then we, you know, we always have these kind of like, you know, talks and phone calls and like inspirational meetings. And she says, well, you know that uh, Grasse, which is, mm -hmm. you know, arguably the birthplace the epicenter of epicenter of fragrance, of fragrance mm -hmm. um, is um, 45 minutes away from where you are. And I said, really? Um, okay. So I'm going to go. So a friend of a friend let me borrow their car. And I just drove to Grasse. With no, I had nowhere to go. I just wanted to just go and just see it. Right. And then I started seeing all these signs for fragrance houses. And I popped into a few of them. Um, some of them were warmer than others. I'm sure. You know, probably for many reasons. But I think the main reason was just like, well, who are you? Like, who, right. like, you know, what who do you. Who are you to create a fragrance? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um. So I knew that in order to, for me to kind of really do this, I needed to stay there for a little bit and kind of learn the history of what is going on here. Right. And I mean, and there's some like historic um, fragrance houses from the 18th century. I mean, it's just like it, it goes back, you know, way back, yeah. way back. And I needed to learn that in order for people to understand or take me seriously in the perfume world because, you know, it is, you know, the perfume world is very French, you know, and mm -hmm. You know, being American and African-American at that, it was going to be a tough road. So I said, okay, let me stay here. Let me meet. Let me have conversations. Um, a lot of the fragrance houses that I'm working with now weren't that enthusiastic about working with me because I hadn't proven myself. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, well. Mm -hmm. you know. So there was one house that said yes. Um, and I will always be eternally grateful to them. Wow. And that, that actually reminds me that, again, you're the son of two teachers. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't just go in there and say, oh, I'm going to do this. You're like, I'm going to be a student of the game. Got to learn. And you you sought learning first, right. it seems like, to yeah. create your brand. So Yeah, I think, I think we all should do that. I think mm -hmm. in order for us to kind of um, take our own spin on whatever it is that we're doing, you need to know the origin of it. Absolutely. And then what you could do better and what. You know, what your kind of stamp on whatever area or whatever you're doing is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I knew mine was going to be completely different because no one is ever going to, no one is ever going to tell a story that I'm going to tell. Right. Because no one's ever walked in my shoes and vice versa. I would never be able to tell stories that other brand owners can tell. Um, so it took me a while to kind of figure that out. Right. Um, I didn't know where to start. I don't think most people know where to start either, right. where they're going to create it. But you forge your own path. You went for it. Well, the point is to start. <laughs> Take some sort of right. step. Even if you don't know where to start, start. Um, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to do things wrong. I'm still doing all those things, but I'm doing more things right than I'm doing wrong, thank God. So yeah. things are, you know, moving along. But in the beginning... I didn't know where to start. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know, okay, so what is my first fragrance going to smell like? What is it going to be? What's going to be the name? 
Mm-hmm. And then that's when it all kind of dawned on me. I, it, like literally at one moment, it just hit me. I know exactly what I'm going to do. How, how did you know that? What, what got you there? So fast forward to um, like 2004 or five. Well, when did you get to Grasse? When did you So this that? was like 2016. Okay. So 2016, you're in, you're in, in Grasse. Grasse. Yeah. And then you had this epiphany. Right. So I, so I went on my um, honeymoon. I'm now divorced, but I went on my honeymoon to Paris in 2004. So we stayed um, in the Bastille. So we stayed around the Place de Vosges, which wow. is like the opera. So every morning we heard like this woman singing opera music outside the window. Um, and there were all these art galleries like around the park. Beautiful. And I'm walking down one day, I'm walking by myself, and I see all these paintings of Harlem. And I'm like... In France. In, in, yeah, in Paris. In uh, Paris. Specifically. And I'm like why am I seeing all these photos of Harlem, right? And then I realized that there is a very strong connection between the Harlem Renaissance in Paris. Wow. The Langston Hughes's, the um, Josephine Baker's, when they weren't accepted here. That's where they went. They said, yes. we, will ex- we love you, come here. Mm-hmm. So there was this like love affair between Harlem and Paris. And at the time, I, I, I was living in Harlem. So, you know, I was immersed into the culture. I love French culture. I said, my original story needs to tell that. That connection. And no one's ever told it. Yes. So I said. I didn't know that. Right. So I said, my first collection was called the Renaissance Collection. It was Dan Sauvage, Renaissance, and Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that in order for me to kind of earn the respect of the French and the perfume world telling that story would say, wow, we never realized how strong the connection was. And we definitely didn't realize that there was a connection between fragrance and that relationship. So that's when I decided to tell that story first. Um, Brilliant. And it, um, it took off from there. You helped to build a bridge between the upper center of fragrance and where you were living at the time. In Harlem. In yep. Harlem. And it's a true story. Yep. It's part of your story. Because it was already their story. Right. Because there was already a connection, just not through fragrance. Through scent. Yes. And yes. I said, okay, you know, what does that Harlem speakeasy smell like? And how do you create that essence? And that time when there were speakeasies in, uh, in, in, in France, in Paris. So, like, what does that smell like? What does that feel like? So, um, it 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 was amazing how that came to me because I had to, in that moment, kind of, like, fly in my head all the way back to walking around that park. Right. And seeing those photos. And I said, okay, well, here's where I start. And then the rest is kind of, you know, me understanding who I was, what my brand was going to be, the identity of what it was, unapologetic. Here are the other stories that I want to tell. Yes. And, um, so yeah. speaking of which, I know you call yourself a scent storyteller. It's yeah. one of my favorite phrases I've heard of the fragrance industry uh, for a brand because it truly is a full circle thing for, for mm. you and your experience. Um, 
So could you tell us a little bit what you mean just by being a scent storyteller? Mm -hmm. Because, um, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, it's, there's a connection, um, or people don't know how fragrance is created, right? right. You studied it, so you right. know, um, you know, I've been in the industry, so I know, but could you explore a little bit about that relationship between the chemist, the perfumer, you as a scent storyteller and the customer. Well, it's funny because um, until that experience when I was in grass, I was just like the average person. I had no clue right. on how it, something started from an idea and then ended up in a bottle on the shelf. Um, and that in itself was fascinating. And that's what grabbed me. That's what hooked me into this world the art because in the, the art, the creative part of it, um, you know, whenever I'm working on something new, people ask me all the time, what's your favorite? And I always say, it's the next one. It's the <laughs> one like that I haven't gotten yet that right. I'm still trying to figure out. And there's another story to tell. Um, and that is, I mean, there's so many different layers to business, but the creative part to me is one part that, you know, gets me up at four in the mornings, you know, up late at night, working on it, excited, you know, that feeling in your stomach that I always have. And it's never left since I launched my business. Um, but like you said, the relationship between me and the perfumer mm -hmm. is very important because people assume that I'm the perfumer. I'm more of like the fragrance designer. Mm -hmm. uh, the perfumer is the artist, is the magician. Yes. They are the chemists, the ones who take my ideas and make it, bring it to life. Right. Uh, and we do work together. I mean, there is like hand in hand. Yeah. Hand in hand. I call it a, um, you like know. Like a dynamic duo. It's like a waltz. <laughs> like me and oh. a perfumer, we need to dance, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we step on each other's toes. Other times we are like. It's part of the process. Other times it's like we are dancing and mm -hmm. it's like beautiful and, um, and you know, Sometimes it just doesn't work, but most of the time it does work. Mm -hmm. uh, and we start from one point and then we, we keep dancing together. Like maybe we should try this. Let's try that. Yeah. Um, they're artists. So you have to be, you can't just be like, you know, no, you have to say, listen. It's like Erica Badu said, remember I'm an artist. So I'm saying that's right. About this shit. That's right. Yes. And the perfumers, they need their flowers because they're artists as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, imagine me giving you an idea and say, now go paint it. That's exactly what they do. Right, right. Um, sometimes they get it right on the first try. We don't have to do any modifications. And you know, and you're in the perfume world. Usually lots yes, of mods. <laughs> lots of mods. And so if I don't have a, like a strong visceral feeling in the very beginning from the first modification, um, I go a completely different direction. because. Sometimes you do so many mods, you forgot where you started. Right. And it's like... You get the story in the first It's place. like, what are we doing? <laughs> right? So um, I have a fragrance called African Rooibos. Um, amazing perfumer, Sidonie Lacasse. She's um, in, in Paris. And I told her the story that I wanted to tell. And she just got it. Wow. I didn't have to touch it. And it is maybe arguably one of my best sellers and you know i didn't have to go back and forth and you know we didn't have to say okay well let's fine-tune this let's move this up and down so the relationship between 
me and the perfumer is very important. And I usually go back to the people that we that I dance well with. Right. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, so you've also so in your scent storytelling, you've also said that your fragrances tap into places that may be taboo. Yes. And you've said it's okay to be who you are and not being afraid to express that is important to you. Right. Um, you know, I really think that's beautiful. And we've talked about kind of the the place of fragrance and expression. But now let's get to what you said was your dark and mysterious mm. side. And is that maybe speaking to some of the taboos you're mentioning? What are some of those taboos and how mm. can you express them through fragrance? Yeah. So I'm a Scorpio and most of us have like this kind of dark side that we put away. I know about y'all. You know about us. Yeah. Usually when I tell people, they're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Um, I'm right next to you. I'm a Sag. Uh, okay, okay. I'm a okay. day in. So okay. Partially. So, so yeah, too. yeah, you got that, you know, darkness. Yeah. <laughs> that dark side. Um, and, you know, I feel like in order to kind of be myself, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I'm a super sexual being mm -hmm. and that's okay. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. It's human. It's human. Um, you know, and I felt like, you know, some of the stories that I told with like Sweet Taboo was like, you know, be yourself, be, you know, express who you are, you know, be, embrace it, embrace right? it you yeah. know, because, you know, for a long time I tried to hide that part of me. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me create fragrances that make people feel more comfortable to open up. Mm. So, what is one of those fragrances that you really feel like speaks to? Um, a taboo that you were afraid before to express and how did it, you manifest that in the scent? Was there a note or a structure? Mm. Well, so I use a lot of boozy notes in my fragrances because I love rums, cognac accords. I love kind of like dark, mysterious. Yeah. I, like if you walk into a, a room that had like wallpaper and like it was dark and had like a chandelier, I want people to feel like, not all of them, Mm -hmm. but those fragrances and you're listening to jazz and there's like, you know, you have like a, a nice drink and people in there are kind of sexy, that kind of atmosphere. Sultry, yeah. Feel it. Yeah. That's, that's the way I create. Fragrance. Even in my fresh sense, I still give it a little something. Right. You know, I want it to feel, you know, that there's, you know, like a spice something to it, something, something a little naughty, naughty. Yeah. because, you know, there are so many people that, you know, you may believe that are just kind of like very, you know, vanilla or not very exciting, straight very straight. Yeah. But they have this side of them that really wants to come out. Mm -hmm. And I think fragrances are kind of that, you know, that enhancer to make people feel, man, I feel good today. Yeah, I feel sexy. I feel dangerous. I feel, you know, like I'm a bad boy today. <laughs> um, autumn Rhythm. One of the fragrances, because I have a I have a collection called Dark Romance Collection. Right. So Autumn Rhythm um is like I so back when I was growing up, you know, all my boys had motorcycles, but I want I wanted a Harley, right? I didn't want to OG the classic. Yeah, I didn't want to I, I didn't want to get like, you know, the crotch rocket bike. Cause I always if everyone went right, I went left, you know, but that's how I, I Less I was. biker boys, more easy rider. Right. I was like, you know. I don't know, maybe I saw a film where, you know, 
the leather jacket and, you know, the Harley with the bars. So I created a fragrance that was leather, like what it would smell like if I was riding my motorcycle on a back road in the fall. Right. Love that. So it's leathery. It's spicy. It's green. It's like how the air would smell in the fall, like in autumn. Um, and maybe someone will wear that and feel like, you know, I'm a bad boy. Today. I'm going to put my leather jacket on and my sunglasses and go make it happen. Right. So, you know. Make what happen? Whatever it is. <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. It, the, it is different for everybody. It's different for everybody. But I think through the scent, you're kind of telling that story and you're putting yeah. people in a place like you're transporting someone to a, maybe a different side of themselves. Right. Because I had a very bad boy side of me as well, but I was afraid to show it. Oh, your parents probably wouldn't have liked that. No, but as I got older, I didn't care because I was like, <laughs> okay, you know. Um, but I, I felt, I feel like every single scent can mm-hmm. do that, or it can soften you, or it can make you feel more wild, or it can make you feel, you know, more adventurous. You know, yeah. it's different for everyone. You know, you may smell it; it may do something different than if you know I smelled it for the first time. Right. So. I love that. I love the power of scent. To me, and it kind of speaks to your fashion background as well, because to me, when you're wearing a fragrance, it's like you're putting on a different piece of clothing or you're putting on an It's part of your wardrobe. It's part of your wardrobe. 100%. Scent is part of your wardrobe. Do you actually find, uh, I want to ask you, do you find yourself switching up your scent based on how you want to feel that day or how you are feeling that day? It depends. You know, it depends on where I'm at. Like, Mm -hmm. you know... Before I reach down and grab, sometimes I don't look. I just kind of just grab just and just like say, blind yeah. And then other times I'm like, you know what? Tonight I'm going to the Met Gala or something like that. I need to rock this one because right. I need to, you know, I need for people to get like a little feeling of sophistication, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little sexiness coming out of, you know, whatever they smell. Because people will smell you before they see you. Absolutely. Right. I mean, they'll they'll be looking for you. It's like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Yeah, exactly. You've been to the Met Gala. Been, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm curious what fragrance you chose when you went to the Met. Oh, I was back in 2010. I I wasn't even creating fragrance yet, so I don't remember. But I'm sure it was something. You know, something deep and rich. Deep, rich. Yeah. Represents you, but maybe also like an the... oud, maybe something very woodsy. Yeah. You know, something with some vanilla have... animalic. Next time you have a ticket. You know who would be. Yes. I, I'd be happy to go. Let's go. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I think, I think Anna went to her. I think it's time for me to come back. Let's tell Anna. Yeah. Anna, if you're listening, um, yeah. first of all, thank you. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but also two people need tickets yeah. to the Met Gala. Don't forget about us. Yeah, it's been a while. Experience the alchemy that captures feelings of attraction, daring, and freedom with a quick tour of the Chris Collins Fragrance Line. We're about to explore Harlem Nights, Dance Sauvage, and Renaissance. I want to talk about that first uh, set of three fragrances you have. Three fragrances that are on the Scentbird platform. Three fragrances I love so Mm. much. Let's start with Harlem Nights. Yeah. So as you said before, this first collection was all about the connection between Harlem and Paris. Mm-hmm. 
So Harlem Nights was the first fragrance I created in the Renaissance collection. And um, I wanted it to kind of be reminiscent of what a Harlem speakeasy, excuse me, a Harlem speakeasy in the 1920s smelled like. So during the prohibition, by the way, my uh, bottles are the shape of flasks, which was inspired yeah. by, you know, the the flask that they used to hide the alcohol in when they were during the prohibition, when they were going to these speakeasies. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I wanted this fragrance to kind of, you know, be reminiscent of like you know, the booze that you would smell when you walked in, you know, the woodsiness of like the furniture, um, kind of like the smoothness of the atmosphere, the aura, and, like the wallpaper, everything. Right. Whenever I um, thought about what that would smell like, it was exactly what we created. Um, and it worked, you know, it's, you know, people love Harlem nights. They love kind of the story that goes along with the fragrance. Right. Um, not a whole lot of people use rum, like a rum accord in the fragrance. So I felt like, um, this was the time to do it. And, um, yeah, people have, uh, I mean, it's one of my best sellers. So absolutely. I love that one as well. Yeah. What are some of the notes in Harlem nights that helped you to capture that essence of the Harlem speakeasy in the twenties? Well. Like I said, the main note was rum, the rum accord. It's very boozy in the beginning. And then the orris, like a floral note, very smooth in the middle. And then the sandalwood and the cedar. And there's a little patchouli. Yeah, Whenever gosh. I smell the little edge, the patchouli isn't dirty. It's smooth. But when I think about, like, some of the wallpapers from the in the in the speakeasies, for some reason, patchouli was that note that said, okay, this one has to kind of be very prominent in the fragrance. So... Those, they came together well, and um, yeah. It's a best love fragrance. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. So let's let's go through Don Sauvage. I'm actually wearing it myself. It's my yeah. favorite from it your Renaissance. You, by the way. Thank you. Um, and I know that the story of Don Sauvage is around Josephine Baker. We talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. But could you describe the fragrance itself, the inspiration, and some of the notes you used to create the fragrance? So Don Sauvage ended up being the second fragrance that I created part of that uh, collection. And um, I was always kind of in love with the story of Josephine Baker, the Black Venus. Yeah. Um, actually, that um, the Black Venus is what kind of um, encouraged me with my packaging design, mm -hmm. if, I, if, if, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, so my 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 whole brand is kind of it's black and that kind of tells the story of being like mysterious and sophisticated but then there's the rose gold there's like the copper rose gold which is the color of venus the black venus oh. and that's the love part that's the light part right so there's a dichotomy of who i am there's the dark side mm -hmm. the black sophisticated elegant and there's the light love the empathy that's all the rose gold and that come together and you know, there that's, that's who I am. Yes. So I expressed it through the packaging. Um, I love that. And then telling the story of Josephine Baker, um, I wanted to create something when she left Harlem and went to Paris in the twenties, you know, they accepted her and her performance. They were like, well, you know, she's beautiful. She's wild. You know, we don't know what's the take of this performance, but we're going to call it the Dan Sauvage, yes. the Savage Dance. Yes. 
So I had to create something very sexy, very wild. I used another boozy note, cognac, a cognac accord, which gives it a nice boozy kind of edgy edginess to it. And the cedar wood is very woodsy um, and fruity. There's a plum note in it that kind of rounds it out. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it came out fantastic. Another one of my best sellers. And uh, yeah, Dance of Vibes was the second one I created. Wow. I love the plum note in it. It makes it feel super yeah. rich and like you can bite into it. it right. I don't know how to describe it other than it's like alluring and you just keep wanting more of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it, it's slightly animalic. And um, <clears throat> I love gourmands. Mm -hmm. Either, you know, either you feel like you can eat it or drink it. Don't eat it or drink it. <laughs> but, you know, I love kind of the feel of like the booze and like of like coffee and, you know, sweet like vanilla. And there's vanilla in Dance of Eyes as well. So, um, yeah, most of my fragrances would kind of have that gourmand feel. Right. So Without being too, too sweet either. Without being too, too sweet. And no. I think maybe that's the the kind of. I don't want to say alcohol because I don't mean like alcohol solution, but the the boozy, as you right. said, the booziness maybe cuts off the sweetness and makes it a little bit right. more alluring gourmand instead of like right. completely like a piece of cake. <laughs> right. Imagine like having a glass of cognac and there's a cherry inside of it, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be so sweet, but the cherry gives it that sweetness from the fruit. So I don't like my fragrances to be too sweet, but I do like animalism from certain things like renaissance right. well in the beginning i named it renaissance man but i changed the name to renaissance because the renaissance is the rebirth of people it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman right, right? so um i went from renaissance man to renaissance um so renaissance inclusive. right so <laughs> you know i in, in the beginning you know i felt like i needed to make something for men mm -hmm. But then I learned that I'm making fragrance for everyone. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're man, woman, you know, whatever. So I changed the name of it. But I did that in Renaissance because the Renaissance is French for the rebirth of something, you know, uh, the reinvention of something. So I wanted to make it like fresh in a way, but I also wanted to give it like that gourmand feel. So we used ginger. Ooh. Um, to give it a little spice and we use honey. So the honey, honey, the honey is the one is the note that gives it that sweetness, but it's animalic. It's not too sweet, but it's that, you know, it's, it's textured. Like you can feel it. Right. Yes. Um, so the ginger and the honey work great together. There's a Marina chord. Um, most people kind of try to stay away from Marina chords, but I wanted it to feel like oceanic. I wanted it to feel like how you feel when you're, near the ocean or in the ocean yeah, like, like the, the possibilities, possibilities are endless very vast Here. very open yes um so yeah renaissance came out incredibly well and um those three fragrances i think they dance well together mm. um you know and mind you this is my first collection right it's so introduction it's my introduction so i had to bring it yes <laughs> <laughs> You could not fail on the, no. the introduction. No, no. Not on the first ones, especially when you're entering into a space where, you know, your people are unfamiliar to you. Um, you have to bring it. And I think those three did it. It's time for Scent Connection, First Moments Edition. 
Brittany brings up a moment from his life, and Chris shares the scent that immediately comes to mind. Don't think too deep. Okay. Just, you know, instinctively what comes it. to mind. Just go okay. with it. Okay. So, your first day of high school. Books. Woodsy. Um, I think of uh, the way a library would smell. Yeah. Because yeah. you actually study. That's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, your first time in a Ralph Lauren polo. Oh. Uh, fresh. Um, Lakey Bergamot. Mm, Fragrance. Like yeah. Um, the first time you saw yourself in a major campaign. Um, Oud. Very sophisticated, uh, powerful, powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Your first trip to grass. Floral. I, all I could, all I remember is like, Everything from gardenia to patchoulis to there was it was just so it was like this onslaught of like sensory overload of fragrance that you know it was it was an incredible experience. I'll never forget again what it smelled like. You know, there are parts that kind of um, are fading the way it looks, but the way it smelled as soon as you enter into the village of grass is just mind blowing. So florals, florals, I love that. Um, let's see here. What about your first major retail deal with Chris Collins fragrances? What does that smell like? <laughs> Success. <laughs> what does money smell like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just smells like, I think, I, you know, I think I did an article once and, you know, I said, you know, different things have a scent. I think hustle has a scent. I think yeah. success has a scent. Um, and it's different for everyone, you know. But, you know, to me, it's just something that, you know, just has an aura and, you know, of accomplishment, mm -hmm. you know, with still ways to go. <laughs> more success, more, more accomplishment. Success, yes. We'd like more of that set to keep coming. Right. Um, the first time you felt like you were taking a big risk. What does that smell like? Um, that smells like sweet taboo to me. Mm. Um, Sweet Taboo is a gourmand that's like very, um, it's like chocolate and coffee and, you know, and the things that are taboo are the things that we're afraid of, or right. we think we are afraid of them. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why I created it is because, you know, I want people to, you know, ditch those taboos and not be afraid and take risks and yeah. don't be afraid to fail. And, you know, the only way you can succeed is, is, is if you do try, is if you do put yourself out there. So I think that's what it smells like. Smells like sweet taboo. Yep. What about the first time you felt like you were making history? Because you have. Have I? You have made history. Uh, mm -hmm. Hmm. I have a fragrance called Lost in Paradise. Mm. Um, one of my newest ones. And it just feels kind of, you know, transportive. Right. Um, and I think, you know, in the midst of making history, I don't think you ever think about making history. Right. It's like when you go into like, you know, like the great musicians of the world, when they went into the studio, they're like, I'm not going to make one of the greatest songs. I'm just going to make a great song. Right. 
And then whatever happens to the song, that's that's up to everyone else. Everyone else, right. Right. So, you know, I mean, I'm flattered. Thank you for saying that I'm making history. But it's true. You're the first black-owned fragrance brand. Yep. Um, that's and made, sold in major, major retailers. retailers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the story will be written later on. But in the moment, I'm just going to just keep creating incredible scents and, you know, transport people and, you know, just keep going, you know. Thank you. Please do. Yeah. Please do keep going. Okay. Tell us what it smells like or what it smelled like when you got your first crush or your, your first crush. What does that smell like? You don't have to name mm. it. Lipstick. Mm. Yeah. Um, lipstick used to drive me crazy for some reason. I don't know why. Just the sight of it. And then, you know, first kiss, I can taste it and then I can smell it. Um, my first crush, my first kiss was my first crush. So that smell, that reminded me of lipstick yeah. she wore. And I can still smell it. What? Yeah. Do you have any lipstick notes in your fragrance? I know some notes can get a little lipsticky. Have you yeah. ever put that first crush lipstick note in a fragrance? Not yet, but now that, I, now that I'm, you know, talking about it, I think you're right. Certain notes give that lipstick feel, mm -hmm. um, but I never went for it. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Could be another fragrance. Could be. What about the first time you felt daring? Leather, like the autumn rhythm, you know, getting on that bike and just like, I mean, I, I think I took my Harley down to uh, Carolina, just got on the road and just, just rode. Um, you went from here to Carolina mm -hmm. on your Harley? On my Harley, yeah. Me and my buddy, we got on the bike and just started riding and then we ended up, ultimately we ended up in Florida. But, you know, that's like, you know, dare, go. Just figure it out. We didn't have a plan. We just did it. And you figure it out along the way. Leather. So if we want to feel daring, we should try some leather notes. Uh, at least I'd, yeah. I'm going to try some. Yeah. Okay. My last one is the first time you felt free. <sighs> free to be who you are. It was that... Um, Obsession. That was, a, that was the moment where, you know, scent just made me feel confident and, you know, it was kind of outer body. You know, I would never understand at the moment what it meant. But when I look back on it, it was the moment where I was, I felt like I was free to be myself and free to kind of start. It didn't happen all at once, but kind of shedding you know, the shell and the layers and kind of saying, okay, this is who I am. And um, I hope we all get to that moment, you know, Absolutely. and I'm still, I'm still, you know, we're all, it's like an evolution. You never want to get to a point and say, okay, well, I'm finished. I did it mm -hmm. because that's when, you know, you, you always want to keep evolving, keep challenging yourself, keep trying to find that inner child or that person inside of you that's daring and adventurous and fearless. Yeah. Um, I think we all have it in there. We just got to tap into it. And, we're, and, you know, it's it's evolutionary. You never get to the point. You just kind of have to keep going. Keep going. To find keep it. searching for it. Yeah. Keep striving for it. You, you know, you've also spoken throughout our conversation today about wellness, like mm. fragrance is wellness. Um, the idea of doing things for yourself, taking care of yourself, 
from those first moments of grooming mm -hmm. to, um, you know, following your passion. Um, and I know you've said it's a moving target, right? Mm -hmm. But what would you say is your definition of a life well lived? Wow. That is an incredible question. Um, it'll be different for everyone, but I feel one of the main things that I try to do is live life without regret. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's different for everyone, but, you know, never say, man, I wish I would have done that, Yeah, you know? Or, um, cause fear is paralyzing. It could maybe, you know, make you hesitate into doing something that you always wanted to do. Right. Um, and I feel like, um, find that, find that thing that you're so excited about that you can't stop thinking about it. You know, uh, it, and it, sometimes it takes time to find that, you know, um, People look at my life when I was, in, you know, in fashion, I was modeling, like, oh, your life must have been so great. And I learned so much, and it was so incredible, and I traveled the world, and I met incredible people, but it wasn't that thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I found that thing where I felt like, okay, I have arrived, I know who I am. Um, that is the feeling that I pray everyone gets to. Yes. Um, it didn't happen to me until my 40s. Right. And then come to find out that thing was staring me in the face the whole time. I just wasn't looking for it. Right. Right. And then when I opened my eyes, it was right there, you know, and, and you know, divine intervention. Everything worked itself. You're here for a certain reason. You're in mm -hmm. con to drive the grass for a certain reason. So um, that to me is like life, a life well lived is to find that thing that burns in your stomach and you can't stop thinking about and you have the courage to just go for it. And if you fall in your face, so what? You've lived. That's living because you've done it, because you tried it and you have no regrets. So go for it. Go for it. I love it. You make me want to like get out of the seat and like bust out of here and find that thing. Do it. Run. I think fragrance has something to do with it for me, but that's a life well lived as that's well. That's a life well lived. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Brittany. You're a very good interview. You brought some emotion out of me telling some stories that I never told before. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. That was Brittany Jackson Mosley and Chris Collins from New York City. Up next on Scent World, Expand Beyond the Gender Binary with Matthew Herman, the co-founder of Boy Smells. You've been listening to Scent World. Know a fragrance lover who would enjoy the show? Share Scent World and bring them on a journey of self-expression through scent. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani. Edited by Ramiro Gava. Mixed by Alex Roses. Production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.